Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Yes. Hello, Dano. Let's not talk about how I went this week, but I see you had a pretty decent week. <laughs> yeah, got third highest in our group, um, the Supercoach Co-Captains group, um, but we've we've got one clear standout for the weekly winner, so we'll go into that, and that's Luke's team of... Fucking hell, how do I say Zanoao 23? Zanoao 23. Um, fucking random as shit team. Um, and I think it's our boy Luke who owns this team. So he's got his your Dawson, your Sicily, he's got Unique and Chase Jones. He actually has Jason Johannesson in there, um, which is a bit of a left fielder there, Pato. And he's also got Machito Owens um, in there too. And uh, some of your stock standards in the mids as well. Yep. Um, doesn't shock me that if it is our boy Luke because uh, some fucking random ones in there and he's always got a few pod cities. So congrats to Luke. Um, good job, mate. Did better than yep. me this week. Yep, yep. Now, injuries and suspensions. Matty Johnson from Frio did that uh, sling dangerous tackle. So he's been offered two weeks, Pato. Yeah, what a fucking cockhead. Um, even though it was Tazorka who... I mean, I don't want to say deserves it, but kind of deserves it because uh, he's a flog. But leaves a lot of people's benches very, very thin because I know a lot of people holding on to the likes of Roberts and Will Phillips and those sort of guys like Constable, Chesser. Yep. Slim pickings, slim pickings. It's a bit of a bit of a pandemic here. Yep, yep. Nicky Dacos. Now, I didn't realise he did something with his calf, but you've said here that he's played through it? Yeah, he went off in the first half and had his foot slash calf looked at. Uh, I don't know whether he was just maybe trying to say that something was wrong and that's why he wasn't playing as well. Um, Managed to get moved into the midfield and did okay, but um, just got a hard tag and I'm shocked that this is the first real hard tag that he's cop. Still got 27 touches, mind you, so... That, that's a pretty good effort for 98% of the competition in a good game, let alone the worst. Mm. So uh, he'll be fine. Just just keep an eye on him. Um, if he doesn't pull up great during training, they may look at resting him, but hopefully yep. not because everyone has him. Yep. Now we got two here from Brisbane. or Yeah, no, two here from Brisbane, Daniel Rich and Dane Zorko. Daniel Rich with his calf and Zorko with a hammy. So probably good for Wilmot and McKenna owners. Yeah, they're both being going to miss three weeks, Brisbane have said. So, I mean, this is pretty much a monthly occurrence for these two. So, yeah, the the, the puppers of the of the Lions, um, really, really good for Wilmot and McKenna. Wilmot, um, from all accounts, moved got moved back and scored fifty in in the half back line in about a quarter and a half. And McKenna obviously had a really, really bit of a spike game as well, and they will probably only go up. In terms of scoring potential, yep. Now that they'll miss, because I think they'll bring in Answorth, who's more of a, a, a lockdown guy. So yeah, good for them. Or wing with Answorth. Um, yeah, Tom Powell leg. I have no idea what the fuck happened here, Pato. Um, yeah, I, I saw him come off, 
Um, obviously, they had to sell off Combin and all that. So, yeah, what's going on with Tom Powell? No idea. Um, fan footy said he did a leg, so I, I put it in there. Um, only because it's relevant for Will Phillips' owners. Hopefully, he's not in the doghouse, but they were pretty pathetic, so I think they can do something. Um, I must add a disclaimer. I didn't watch much footy at all over the weekend, including the Richmond game, and I'm glad I missed that. Uh, had a very busy weekend and didn't. I watched maybe half of a game and it was to watch a multi on Saturday night with the Melbourne game. But anyway. Yeah. I actually think it might benefit another guy um, that we might talk about in a little bit. Um, rookie trade-ins. So first one we got is Alex Chincotta, uh, 102K defender, mid, minus 97 break-even, 78 average. Fucking looks sexy good out there, Pato. No-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people jumped on him early. Like they said that Cowan was rested and he didn't play VFL, but I reckon with how good Chincotta has looked by all accounts and he is locked into that team is the biggest no-brainer this season. I want a 2K, just get him in. Yep, yep. Now, Ryan Anglin, 123K mid slash forward, minus 33 break-even, 52 average. I just don't like his job security at the Giants. Um, he's, he came in as a late inclusion in his first game, um, played solid, Obviously, they're like, we'll give him another run. I think if the Giants keep winning, he might be okay. But I don't see the Giants winning too much too often. Um, that's the pessimist coming out in me right now. And there's a few guys that are pushing Rick Haste to get into the Giants side as well. So I I can see if people bring Ryan Anglin in, he might get one or two more weeks and then that's it. And, it won't, and he's not going to be a high scorer, Pato. Yeah, there you go. So... I think we actually had a question about that as well, so we've kind of oh, yeah. addressed it there. But, yeah, Chincotta's pretty much the only one. So, yeah, anyway, there's a few more that we'll talk about. Yeah. Sam Simpson from Geelong, uh, 166K mid slash forward, minus 43 break-even, 69 average. I, I'm i humming and harrowing about bringing this guy in, um, mainly because you just don't fucking know with Geelong, but he's played two games. They've won, like, Surely they keep the team very similar, and he seems to be playing all right. It's not fantastic, but it's all right. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, but again, it's too long. Um, Gary Rowan did go down um, with concussion slash hamstring. Don't know what happened there, but another sort of forward that might help his job security. But Kyle from Nalk will return uh, to that team um, in. Probably two to four weeks, according to the injury reports. So he's obviously their first choice small forward, and that's Tyson Stengel for, for those playing at home, if you know, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, yeah, like don't love the job security, but he could make a quick 100K in the next few weeks and be all right. Yeah. Bring T cool. 198K ruck, minus 32 break even, 73 average. Had his first real sole ruck job and scored decent. Pato, um, considering who he was playing against too, um, should make some half-decent money there. But, yeah, he's only a ruck, like sole ruck in Supercoach. Yeah, I mean, if he was a forward ruck, I think this would be a really, really good trade-in because you can park him on the forward line. But it, it is very awkward because a lot of people are using that spot um, as your R3 as the loophole. Mm. And that is really, really effective. Um in terms of scoring. So, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, and you've also got the likes of um, Max Ramsden as well, who even though he only got a 22, I, I don't know whether they're going to persist with him. Um, but 
anyway. Um, it's actually worth noting. Run. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, worth yep. noting that Scott Lysette had a stinker in the sand for he had seven hit outs. Doesn't look like he was the first ruck, um, but had six touches, didn't kick a goal. So he yeah. he may be retired in the sandfall. Um, so that obviously bodes well for, yeah, for Teagle. Yeah, yeah. And I should say with the Max Ramsden one too. Um I've forgotten his name who came from Freo, got like forty six hit outs in the VFL. So yeah, I reckon he'll almost come straight back in. Yeah, kind of sucks. We want those ruck forward cash cows coming through, but Nick Madden's yeah. back returning, though, Dano. I've had people messaging me like no tomorrow, saying, "Can Nick Madden make a surprise step?" Mate, he he's raw as fuck. Like they've they got him as a project ruckman. He's just come off of a long term injury. He's only just started full training. He is not coming back in in the next two weeks. Yeah, but, no, yeah. but just imagine if you day boozing around 12, that'd be very handy. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, I doubt it, but fuck yeah. <laughs> anyway, keep going. <laughs> Ollie Lord, 123K defender slash forward, minus 17 break even, 44 average. Really scraping the bottom of the barrel there with um that one, though, Pado. Um, I'm not going to. Uh, would you? Nah, nah. Um, unless you were super, super desperate. I don't know. I, I can't tell you enough about his job security, though. I don't think there's anyone banging down the door for Port Adelaide playing Sandful. Um, they had a win, but they, I mean, their their biggest goal scorer was Tom Scully, kicking four goals four with nine disposals, and he's not on the AFL list. And and Francis Evans, who I don't think is on the AFL list either. So not not much banging down the door. Um, he's a young key key position forward though. So if you do bring him in, don't expect any good scores unless he's yep. playing West Coast. But yeah, no, nah, not for me. Yep. Now this one hurts, Pato. This next one hurts. So it's Dylan Williams from Port Adelaide, one ninety seven K forward, minus nine break even, fifty nine average. Remember when I was saying the eye test he looks good? Yep. Yeah, and then he comes out and gives us an eighty-five, and I missed the boat on this one. Um, the the worst so, thing yeah. is his third game; he was the sub and scored twenty odd. I know, and that pissed me off because I was going to trade that motherfucker in, and then he was listed on the emergency bench. I'm like, oh fuck, okay, he's not in the best twenty-two. Gets named sub, and then gets a full run at it and gets an eighty-five. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, if you ended Very up trading to him. If you end up trading Dylan Williams in anyway, um, and rode that sub game and then got this one, good on you. Um, yeah, it just it just hurts. It's like the Will Phillips thing in round one all over again. Yeah, but is it too late to bring him in, Dano? I think because <sighs> if he think, goes yeah. to seventy five to eighty, he could still make one hundred fifty k. I still think he's going to be that sixty to seventy guy, and the eighty five's just one inflated score. He's got a good role on halfback and gets I the foot. I know. Oh, I know. And he's got the final buy round, so he gives you that cover for the whole buys. I still think that with money being tight, I don't think you can go out and spend 197k on a rookie. That he's going to make more money play, than Ollie Lord. That isn't guaranteed to play every week. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a very tough one. Yeah. And it's a risk, but yeah, it's shit. Uh, we'll go into waiting in the wings anyway. So um, I want to mention a Gold Coast player. So uh, Richmond VFL played Gold Coast VFL on Charlie, the weekend. Charlie, the weekend. please. It's actually not Charlie. It's Jimmy Sitas 
my boy from South Australia. He actually got 20 disposals, Pato, and kicked five goals straight. Um, only laid the one tackle, though, which is weird for him. But I don't know whether he's had a little bit of a role change in the VFL. Um, I didn't get to watch it, but usually he plays in the guts. And this, to me, screams maybe he's playing a high half forward role instead now. Um, and they're trying him out in various positions. So, And I'm I'm pretty sure he's still cheap in Supercoach. I did not double-check that. But his stats were 14 kicks, 6 handballs, 6 marks, 1 tackle, 3 inside 50s, 2 frees, 4, 1 free against, 5 goals straight. So pretty sexy stat line there. Um, yeah, another, he's 120, yeah. 123K in Supercoach. Yeah. So hopefully we can see old mate Jimmy Citas in soon. Now, another one is from Geelong's VFL. Um just because I like to keep tabs on some high draft picks. And this is Jai Clark. So he came out and played pretty solid, had 29 disposals, 19 kicks of and 10 handballs, had five marks, three tackles, three inside 50s, three rebound 50s, one free for, one free against. So he's starting to string them along, Pato, and I don't mind it. Um, yeah, there's a bit of bit of talk about him potentially being close to a debut. Worth noting that Jack Bowes went down injured as well, who is correct. playing defence, um, and that was a calf. So you'd think he'd miss a few, and we may get a defensive rookie from Geelong, but you know Geelong never do us any favours. So oh, They could we- end up doing what they did with, like Collingwood did with Dagos, and just start him on half back. Yeah, I mean, it would be handy, and they do have that good round 13 buy as well where they'll give us cover for the weeks that everyone else has their buy because it's only them and Gold Coast on that buy. So it's a rookie that we need, let's put it that way. Yep. Now, North Melbourne didn't play um, in the VFL. Do they even have a fucking VFL team? Yeah, they do. Um, They didn't play in the VFL, but um, as I said the previous week, George Wardlaw is tracking well. Um, but obviously that I didn't play. So last week's stats is all I had. So listen to last week's pod if you want to know his stats. Uh, but he had about 20 disposals and he's just ticking along okay. And there is word about him being very close to a debut as well. And given the fact that um, there was a the LDU, was it LDU a laid out for North? He was a laid out on Friday afternoon. And But they didn't bring Will Phillips into the side. They went and brought in... Um, Tucker. It was um, the Gold Coast, ex-Gold Coast player. No, Darcy Tucker's ex-Frio. He was at Gold Coast last year, wasn't he? No, he was Frio. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so they opted not to get Phillips. So that says a fair bit there, I reckon, and Wardlaw might start going ahead of Phillips in the pecking order very shortly. Um, Josh Faye came back into the fold um, again for the Giants. Just the 20 disposals. Uh, but he had six inside 50s, four rebound 50s, 12 marks. It looks more like he played on a wing. So it sounds like they're chucking him around a bit now, uh, but he's one to look at. Now, for Fremantle, Carl Warner played for Peel Thunder and had a cheeky day out, Pato. 33 disposals, 16 kicks, 17 handballs. He had 11 marks, three tackles, one inside 57 rebound 50s, two frees, four, one free against. So he is one that could easily probably get into that Frio team at some stage uh, if he keeps that up. And they are my waiting in the wings this week. Very good. <laughs> Any tickle your fancy in future weeks, Pato? 
Worth noting that um, Matt Johnson played a little bit of halfback as well, and he's obviously going to miss a couple of weeks. So there may be a little opportunity there um, for a Warner. He debuted last year, didn't he play one or two? I'm not sure. Let me quickly double-check that. This is fucking live podcasting, everyone. Uh, <laughs> just doing At the end of the day, though, Freo have to do something because they are abysmal. No, he's never played a game. Hasn't debuted yet. There you go. Could be in the wings. He's 123K. Waiting in the wings. Yeah, 123K defender midfielder. 20 years old. Almost 21. Yeah, so that's waiting in the wings. So, Pato, you've got listed down here. Uh, start checking buy structures before premium trading premiums in. Do you want to deliberate on that? or? Yeah, so we're going to start talking about some um, premium trading options now. We're going to give blanket advice based purely on their role and their scoring and how they've been doing. But so much of it is team dependent. And I need everyone to just check their buy structures if you don't have Supercoach gold then i feel for you because you have to do it manually but just have a look at how many premiums you already already got in those buy rounds um for example there's a couple of saints who are right for the picking this week however they have the first buy um and that could be tricky depending on what other premiums you have um and if you've got sean darcy and rowan marshall like i do that leaves you with no rookies playing even though you it's best 18 um just just worth noting that you need to be checking buys before locking in your tra- uh, your trades. Yeah. And straight away, Pato for defense has listed a St. Kilda player. So <laughs> defensive trading options, Jack Sinclair, 540K, 101 average, 10% owned, 95 break even. He's got North Melbourne this week, um, playing a bit more halfback. Although when I was watching that Saints game on the weekend, they did chuck him into the center bounces. I think it was at the start of the third quarter, Pato, just to try and change things up. Um, so hopefully they stop doing that and they start keeping him more in defense. Yeah, he had the seven CBAs. That they seem to be throwing him in the midfield to try and shake the tag, and it's exactly what Collingwood did with Dacos as well. So he is getting a lot of attention, and that's the only thing. Uh, but as I think Steele comes back into the fold, um, it's going to be hard to lock down on both without completely destroying your offensive Schemes. So hopefully he can park himself in defense for a lot more. We know that his potential output far outweighs his price at 540K. That's an 85,000 discount on his starting price. He's also in 10% of team. So really good ownership percentage if you're looking for a little bit of differential as well as the great price. Um he won't do 101 on the rest of the year. I'm pretty confident he'll at least get to 110, 115 average because we know how good he is. So starting with a nice juicy score against North Melbourne this week uh, at Marvel. I'm going to slip someone into Well, I love when someone run. slips it in. Well, not this one because it's a bloke that you keep calling a fake primo. It's Luke Ryan. Oh. I know. I got to slip him in. You've left him oh. off the run sheet and you can't bring your personal bias into it. Man's had one score under 100 this season and that was a 93. So he's priced at 573K. Um, these are his scores from round one 171, 122, 105, 111, 93, 120, 127. He has a break even of 80, Pato. The likelihood that he will hit it based on the stats this year, are 100%. Like, he's expected to go up around 15K. Um, 
I, th- I think you got to strongly consider him. He's playing. He's playing fucking good. Here's the problem, Dano. <laughs> yep. So last year he played 22 games. Uh, yep. So he missed one game. Year before that was 19. Then it was 17. Then it was 18, 20, and 11 in his first year of playing senior footy. So the guy does get injured a lot, and and I'm a little bit stubborn for those that. Our long-time listeners will know that once I've got something in my head, then I'm pretty stubborn with it, just like with not owning Tim English. Yep. I just feel like they are ticking time bombs. And in a year where trades are scarce because of all the carnage that is happening, I feel like you should be mitigating your risks by bringing in guys that you are pretty confident won't miss games by injury or suspension. Yeah, see, the later that you spoke about his games per season, the actually more games that he plays. So to, in my mind, it's like, well, he's going to probably play every game this year. If he misses one, so be it. He is scoring well, I'll give him that. Yeah, he's fucking scored. Mate, he is in the top, what, three or four defenders? He's a third averaging defender. Yeah, got to name him. Anyway, James Sicily, 542K, 103 uh, average, 21% ownership, 77 break even. So here's another one, like Fallen Primo, prime example. I, th- I feel like if you didn't get Will Day, you can go for James Sicily, or you can still get Will Day, either or. Yeah, I, I just feel like people should be giving one more week to Sicily, Dano. Um, he, he did have that score against Western Bulldogs who do always concede big scores to halfbacks. Just to make sure the role is fine. Um, he also got forward and kicked a goal as well, Dano, on the weekend against the Dogs. So... I just feel yep. like giving him one more week, but he is at a great price. And if you are pretty confident that his scoring potential outweighs his price, then I think he's a great trading option. He's got around 14 by, which for most people is pretty good too. Yep. Now this next bloke, Pato has absolutely butchered his fucking right up. So bear with me. Will Powell, can't even spell his name right. 482K. <laughs> I just saw that. No, nah, it gets worse. It's 102 average, yeah, 0.2% owned, seven break even. Then he's got one Q2 three-round average. I think that means 102? 112. Oh, fuck me. You are drunk. Were you drunk when you wrote this? <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, playing a loose halfback role. So we've, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've got some questions about Will Powell too. Huge-ass POD, round 13 by Pato Discuss. I'm very tempted. Juicy. Very, yeah. very tempted. Um, obviously, he had that really nasty broken leg last year. So that does explain his somewhat slow start to the year. He went 71 in round three, uh, his first game of the year. Then he went 102 and 67. But in his last two, he's gone 125 and 143. Now, we have to mention that that was against North Melbourne and Richmond. So take that uh, what you will. Uh, this week could be a really good test for him. He plays against Melbourne, and we'll see if he can do it against them. With a break even of seven, though, you kind of have to jump on now. Otherwise, he gets over 500k. Yep. And then it gets a really awkward range. But I know people are probably going to completely ignore this because of my Tom Barras call, which uh, in hindsight <laughs> has a big brain. <laughs> and I'm sure Scobie's fucking said something about that. But... Uh, <laughs> I think this this role's a lot better than than Barras. Um, he's playing loose half back. I, I can't see a, any team that will feel the need to lock down on him. And he's a really great price. 
He's also got the round 13 buy, which is absolutely golden. So at 0.2%, he's in 297 teams, don't know. I think that might go up a little bit this week, but I can't see him getting to over 5% ownership unless he sort of gets to a 105 to 110 average. And by then it'll be 550, 560K. So just imagine if you jumped on him now um, and just watch him go 105 to 110 for the rest of the year. And that puts him firmly in that top six range because the, the current sixth ranked defender is James Sicily at 103 average. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a sort of an early breakout contender, uh, but 112 three round average, 102 five round average. And well, that's his, that's his round average. So yeah, a lot of positives there. It is, it, it's risky though, but he's really cheap. So I'm going to compare, this is going to be the weirdest comparison ever. I'm going to, I want to compare him to an old motherfucker that started the season off up in the forward line with a 75, a 47, and a 23. And then he got 104 and was priced at 412K and produced scores of 151, 90, 184 straight after. That's Tom Hawkins. Like, the the point I'm trying to make is if you can strike on these guys when you're like, holy fuck, they're at, like, probably their basement price or they're ripe for the picking kind of deal... They can produce massive scores for you and then set your team apart from the rest. So I actually don't mind the willpower call. Just like when I brought up Chase Jones, um, when I spoke about him and he's making people some cash dollar, cracked two two out of three of his games. He's cracked um, over 100 since we made that call. I, f- I feel like willpower's in a similar category. So I'm with you on this one, Pato. I don't mind it at all. And it's, it's worth also noting that... If you're ranked like 15, 20K or lower, you're not going to catch up to everyone else by getting in Jordan Dawson this week. Yeah. Or even James Sicily or Jack Sinclair, who are less owned but still on the radar of people. You're going to make up ground by picking off someone like Will Powell who manages to pop off. You get to keep that 150K, and it's what you do with that 150K that could really set you apart. Maybe it means that you can afford to go for a, a Dylan Williams who you think might have really good job security and better scoring potential than a Ryan Angwin, uh, yeah. whereas the top teams might, because they've picked off Sinclair, Oliver, Marshall, uh, not Marshall, uh, English, all these really expensive premiums, all of a sudden their money's going to dry out and it's going to really fuck them. And that's going to be an opportunity for the teams that are lower ranked to overtake. So as long as you, uh, the Dr. Supercoach boys talk about uh, upgrade cadence, um, just keeping up that momentum. You, you don't get momentum by selling the farm and bringing Jordan Dawson at 666,000. Sure. Like he, he scored 115, he's averaging 125. Like that's really hard not to own, but Will Powell is almost 200 K less. And that, that could be the difference, especially during the buy rounds. Um, of just making sure that you keep up that upgrade cadence um, and just, just yeah, that, that momentum. Because yep. you'll get guys like um, like Ginby or whatever rookies you've still got on the field, Ashcroft, Setterfield, you'll get them off the field quicker than those guys that have picked off the expensive premiums because you haven't gone for those expensive guys. And they're going to be looking to where to find the cash and – the, the tight asses of, of, of all of us will be laughing because, sure, we might have a willpower at D6, but 
he's averaging 100 and, and and that might be enough for you. And then all of a sudden you can pick off like a Jack Steele, who we're definitely going to talk about very, very soon, Dano, and just pick off the value guys. Um, just got to be sure of the value. But I, yep. I, I'm i very tempted to bring in Will Powell this week. Yep. And one thing I want to reiterate to all of you guys and girls and everyone in between that's listening, it's not what they average before you bring them in that matters. It's what they average after you bring them in. They could have had a shocking two or three weeks, their price plummets, then they start hitting form. If you hit them on their form and they kill it for the rest of the year, that's all you have to look at for how much they average. It's how much they average for you. So try and get that price at bottom, bottom dollar. And yeah, Will Powell is one of those guys that I think is going to be really good. And same with this other guy. Will Day, 492K, 100 average, 20% owned, 77 break even. I brought him in last round. He scored 94 or something like that. And I was happy with it because, he honestly, he was patchy. Patchy as fuck, but he still got you a 90-odd when he was patchy as fuck. That's good shit, isn't it, Pato? Yeah, now I, I managed to watch maybe 20 minutes of this game, the very few uh, amount of – very little amount of footy that I got to watch this weekend. Uh, and, and I obviously was watching Will Day pretty closely. I held him through his suspension. Yep. And I've owned him for the couple of weeks before that. Now, he got to 30 touches. When I was watching, he was playing forward, Dano. Um, I think it was the third quarter. He looked really good. Like, he was getting up around the footy. So he was playing as a half forward, getting amongst the, the stoppages, those secondary stoppages. Uh, kicked a goal in the time that I was watching and nailed a couple of inside 50s as well. This guy can fucking play. Like, yeah. I'm shocked it's taken them this long to try him in defense. Uh, sorry, in midfield. Um, but the guy is really skillful, uh, really good by foot and by hand. Really, really good big midfielder. Um, and, and gets 30 touches pretty easily. And sure, Hawthorne won't get a sniff at too many games in terms of wins. But one thing I can be pretty confident on is that Will Day is going to get 25 to 30 touches a, a week. He'll float around that 100 to 110 range. He might get 90s. He might get 120s like he has this year. Um, but you just got to remember that you're picking up cheap. And just as we talked about with Will Powell, picking up these guys at a really good price is really key. And it's, yeah, going to gonna really, really do you well. Now, this is probably the last week you're going to get Will Day under 500K. Um, so you probably have to jump on now if you didn't last week. And and fair enough if some people might have just wanted to see him for a week first, but now's the time to strike. Yeah. Now, the next bloke I said a few weeks ago you needed to strike on, but he's over 600K now. That's Tom Stewart, 610K, 108 average, 17% owned, 114 break even. Yeah, like I said, he's over 600K. He's got the round 13 buy, though. Um, and his next three opponents, Pato, is fucking shit. Hot. Oh boy, oh boy, yeah, scary, scary for non-owners. Yeah, do you want to? Do you want to know? <laughs> like, I know, I'm looking at it. I know. Okay, so his first opponent, his first opponent. Okay, last Adelaide. three scores: Adelaide, 174, 113, 117, and then the week after is Richmond, 161, 118, 92, and then the week after that's Frio, 187, 102, and 89. So and last year, noting, last year alone, noting. fuck, it's just his lowest score of those three last year alone was 161. And worth noting that the way Richmond are traveling, he'll probably get to 180 plus. Crack 200. Against, 
us. Yeah, absolutely. That's how bad we are at picking and doing everything, playing footy. So, yeah, I I feel like, like I was saying a few weeks ago, like when he when I was like, bargain base and price jump on, I th- you you got to have him at some point. He's just as valuable as Jordan Dawson. Just as valuable. He will be in those top I think, six. I think surely Adelaide try and do something. I think they'll send Ben Keys to him uh, and we'll see how it goes. So I think you can afford to wait one more week if you can't get to him price-wise. Tom Stewart's going to be super valuable during the buys, though, because as you said, Dono, he's got that round 13 buy. Yeah. So that's where it's super attractive. Where it's unattractive is who he plays for. He plays for Geelong, who do rest their older players. He's a player in his 30s, and he does tend to miss games later on in the season. Now, obviously, he'll be fine through the buys, um, but you'd hate to you know, have a round 20 game like, and you don't have a bench cover and he just randomly misses and gets rooted. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, but I think 610 is a really good price for Tom Stewart. Yep, agreed. Moving on to the midfield now, Pato, and we have Jack Steele straight up at 537k, 92 average, 1.5% ownership, POD's fucking central there, 126 break even. I feel like that this guy, if you're going to trade in any mid this week, he is the one that realistically should be on your radar. He is... I think going to be bargain basement price. He's got North Melbourne this week, Pato. I reckon he'll smash that 126 uh, break even. And yep. yeah, I just, I feel like you you got to get him in now or never. Maybe not now or never, um, but it's definitely got to be in the next couple of weeks. Um, he's got a really good record against his next three also, Dano. Yep. Um I know it's really easy to see the four games that he's played where he's only gone over 100 once, but um, this is a guy who we know his output when he's fit and ready to go. And um, I think with his price point, it's almost too good to refuse. He's got the round 12 buy, which is the only negative I feel. Um, Maybe you can look at that shoulder as a bit of a negative as well. And I know some people have mentioned – that Ross Lyon urged his midfielders to lose a bit of muscle in yep. in um, in favour of, of of a bit more fitness, and Jack still is one of those guys. But at the end of the day, he still loves the physical stuff. Um, he was back tackling on the weekend, donor, which was one thing that um, was kind of missing in his game previously. He had eleven tackles against Port Adelaide, and his previous high was six against the Dogs in round two. Yeah, so I I, I think Jack Steele's back. He had twenty, uh, sorry, thirty. Eight, no, sorry, 28 touches, um, only 10 kicks and got to 126 over the weekend. So that's almost Bontempelli for previous year's numbers in terms of champion data having their favourites. So I think you've got to yeah. jump on. 537 is a nutty price for a guy that we know and that has gone 125 previously, and he's in 1.5% of teams. So yeah. another one of those guys that's just going to set you apart. Yeah, these are his last three scores against North Melbourne as well: one fifty four, one twenty eight, one oh nine. Um, if we look ahead, um, last well in twenty twenty one, these are all twenty twenty one scores um, for North Melbourne and Adelaide. By the way, the last time they played Adelaide, he went twenty twenty one. It was one hundred twenty six. Twenty twenty one hundred sixty two, um, and then we won't even consider twenty nineteen at this stage. And GWS was his when he actually played them in twenty twenty two, and that was a one forty against the Giants 
91 in 2021 and 149 in 2020. So his and next I, three opponents reckon, he likes. Yeah, and I reckon that 2021 would have been a tag job by, um, can't remember his name, Matt something. Oh, DeBoer. DeBoer, yeah, exactly. That would have been a DeBoer job. So I think, yeah, this is prime target number one for, for me, Dano. I think you've yeah. got to ignore the round 12 buy when the value is this good. Yeah, correct. Moving on, Patrick Cripps, 590K, 116 average, 16% owned, and a 54 break even. Pado, he's averaging 121 since Walsh returned, and yeah, just looking the goods. Yep, still shocks me that he's only in 16% of teams. We obviously know how good Cripps can be, has been, break even a 54, so he's not getting under 600K anytime this year again. Um, pretty good run coming up as well. Brisbane, Dogs, and Collingwood. So the Dogs and Collingwood don't tag at all. Um, Brisbane don't really tend to tag lately either. So I think he's prime. Um, yeah, Walsh is obviously helping him out in that midfield, and I think it's really affected him positively. So I think, yeah, Cripps is a great price. Um, round 15 by as well, which is pretty good. Yeah, moving on. We got Clayton Oliver at 652K, 125 average, 37% owned, and 140 break even. Now, his next three opponents are Gold Coast, Hawthorne, Port Adelaide. And yeah, he really likes playing the Suns, Pato. Um, 121, 166, 106 against them. Uh, even, even Hawthorne, he generally likes to play well against Port Adelaide. He kind of is up and down. Um, but yeah, 652k, you can't really go wrong with Clayton Oliver. He's going to pump you out over 100 points every week, generally about 110 plus every week. From all accounts, Dano, um, he was on track for a 150 and kind of took the foot off the gas. So I, I'm kind of in the boat where I'm risking waiting on Oliver. Yeah. Um, he's got Gold Coast this week, and I'm hoping he doesn't hit his break even, and then he hits Hawthorne and Port Adelaide, who do tag. Yep. So it's a risk, very, very big risk. Um, then he's got Frio, who also have done a bit of tagging, um, and then has Carlton and Collingwood before his buy. So uh, at this point, I'm kind of holding out for his buy now. I think the value elsewhere is too good to pass up. I know I mentioned last week that Oliver was – most likely entering my team this week, but I think I'm going to go the cheap-ass option again, and even though it did not do well for me last week because Degoe scored in the fucking 60s, the flog. <laughs> but yeah. um, just another reason for that dickhead to, to let me down. But anyway, I'm not <laughs> salty about that at all. Uh, Clayton Oliver is a great trading option, but if you don't own him, it's almost, I think, better to go against the pack and just hope that he has a couple of more down games where his price might come down a little bit more. I feel like people have traded him out, I swear, because I swear his percentage ownership was higher than 30%, uh, 37%. You can, look, you can look it up. I'll, um, I will tell you. No, it hasn't gone down. You sure? Yeah. It went up from 83,774 to 86,910 last round. Yeah, okay. Anyway, yeah, it's we'll gone up on. every week. Yeah, we'll move on. Callum Mills. Now, you're probably wondering why we're putting him in this run sheet. He is 534K, 97 average, only 5% owned, and 127 break even. With the likely returns of like Tom McCartan, or Tom McCartan did return, and then you got, um, is it Robbie Fox coming back? Um yeah, you just got those guys. I feel like 
Callum Mills won't be used as that stop plug in defence soon, and he is Sydney's best midfielder, uh, as our mate Daniel likes to point out. So I, th- I get a feel that he's going to be pushed back into that mid a lot more now, and we're going to start seeing the Callum Mills that we all know and love, the one that can pump out fucking 200 points in a game. So it's a, I feel like it's a real watch and see. Um, if he hits that break even, let's say he pumps out of 130, he's not going to change much in price. But then his break even is going to change, obviously. So, Pato, have you seen much or heard much of the Callum Mills role and kind of what's happening at the moment? Because he did go a bit more midfield on the weekend. Yeah, he had 17 CBAs on the weekend, Dano, um, which was about half, um, slightly over half. So... That is obviously trending positively. Um, Sydney have to do something because they're sitting 11th and they played in a grand final last year. So they've got to make changes. And the obvious one is absolutely their best midfielder going back into the midfield. Now, as a, an Errol Gordon owner, I'm hoping that's not at the expense of him. Um, yeah. However, you look at the injury list. Robbie Fox will return this week, Dano. Paddy McCartan, we don't really know what's happening there. Tom McCartan obviously played. Lewis Malikin, another defender, Dano, um, will probably be a test for this week. Now, Dane Rampey is still a fair way off with a neck. He was listed at six to eight weeks last week. So that is interesting. And, um, yeah, Weeks is a defender too. He was near two to three weeks last week. So they have to do something. They lost to the Giants, Dano. And um, I know you're obviously very excited about that. But Fuck yeah. if, um, if you take a Sydney perspective there – not only does that hurt because it's a derby, but that's a team that was low last year against a team that played in a grand final. Yeah. So Sydney will obviously be very disappointed about that. And that middle part of the ladder is very competitive. So they've got to try something. Absolutely have to try something. And like surely, just like with the Frio situation, surely the answer is to A, not move your best contested midfielder out of that role. Yeah. Um, but when things are, are going pear shaped, surely you revert back to what has historically worked. Dano. Um, I know that's, that's what I do when I'm fucking coaching. Sure. It's a different sport, but yeah, surely you know the, the, the proven method, but that's just me. So I think, I think give it one more week, see how it goes against Collingwood. Now um, horse has tended to use him in defense against the good teams, uh, even last year when he had that big year, um, I know for sure that, that there's a game against Richmond where he played back line, where he played midfield pretty much every other game. I think maybe against Melbourne last year, he might've played defense as well. So we'll see what he does against Collingwood. But if he, if he plays sort of 60, 70% midfield against Collingwood, I think it's a really good indication that he's back. Um, but again, it's another round 12 by player, which is probably a negative, but at yep. that price, as we know, Mills is a fucking gun. Yep, yep. Agreed there. Now, Travis Boak we've got on here at 461K, 73 average, 0.2% ownership and a 45 break even. He was a little slut, especially in that last quarter, Pato. Um, got 131, pumped that out, moved into a bit more of the midfield. I don't know if the role change was permanent or whether um, – yeah, Hinkley was just like, fuck, let's just try and put someone that actually knows what the fuck they're doing, contested wise and whatnot, into the middle. He did get a bit of uncontested ball too. I swear he started on the wing again. 
Um, yeah, it did and got moved in. Yeah. Yeah. It was about halfway or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't, I don't mind it. I, yeah. It's one of those ones where you, you got to, if you're going to do it, you risk it now. Um, and I don't mind the play if you are one of those ones that's like outside 15, 20K and need to make a move to get back in. Yeah, I agree, Dano. Ollie Wines is, again, the little bit of the awkward one because yeah. he had another game where he didn't have too many CBAs and there has to be something happening there. Um, I know we spoke about him a little bit last week. Um, like, something has to be happening there because I I feel like he's their best midfielder. But anyway, Boak did get moved in there uh, for the third quarter, Dano. Um, we know he's done well in that role before he's got a three-round average of 102, which is obviously pretty good, um, and got a pretty good run of opponents coming up as well who don't really restrict. So that definitely a wait and see. You could probably leave it one more week and just see how it goes against Essendon this week, and then he's got that juicy North Melbourne matchup, which everyone sort of circles on the calendar as a nice easy kill. So yeah, yeah, I, th- I think we'll just keep an eye on on old Travi. Yeah. Moving to the ruck, we've got Maxi Gorn at 501k80 average, 3% owned, 108 break even. I'm realistically only listing him here um, because his price is just so fucking sexy and could end up getting forward status soon. So just to keep an eye on him, situation, Pato. Yeah, I think you can hold out with that break even being at 108, um, especially coming against Wits this week. Um, is he but the play? fact that he. Sorry? Is he even going to play Wits? Wits, I would have thought so. Yeah, he keeps, you know, he's in and out all the time. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, there are rumours floating around that Gorn may pick up forward status by round 11. So that's an interesting little caveat there as well. 501,000, which for Max Gorn just seems absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, They, again, split ruck time 50-50 between Gorn and Grundy. Uh, but they played north, so I think they may be easing him back in, Dano. Yep. Um, yeah, I think you give this one more week and potentially look at him. If he scores about 95 to 100, he'll be under 500,000 and coming up against Hawthorne, who he scored 172 against last year. So, yep. And then Port Adelaide, who are giving up like monster ruck scores while Tickle is rucking. So, yeah, probably one more week and, and we'll see you next week. Now, you've listed Ivan Soldo on here and I don't really want to talk about him. All I'll say is his price and whatnot. So 297K ruck slash forward, 85 average, 0.4%. Ownership, 31 break even. Pato, why have you put him on the run sheet? So he's cheap. He's 297,000. Yep. He played 57% game time. Yep. Scored 85 against Jared Witts. Yep. He's ruck forward. Yep. Got a break even of 31. Yep. He will make money. How far away is Nank? Nank is um, two to four away. Yep. He's got the round 15 buy. It's it's not really selling it to me. It sounds like a quick he's, kind of cash it, grab or in got, hopes of a cash grab. His next five games are West Coast, Geelong, Essendon, Port Adelaide, GWS. I think he plays all five of those games. I think when Nank comes back, they'll put him straight back into the AFL, but they'll play dual rucks purely to ease him back in. So I think if you 
haven't gone crazy with your trades, this could be a nice little short-term play. Even if you're a Grundy owner, I can see a play where you go Grundy down to Soldo that will net you nearly 300K. Um, Grundy has a break-even of 158. So I think you have to jump off that. Um, you can hold Soldo all the way through to his buy in round 15. So that gives you cover for that first buy week where a lot of people are missing rucks. Soldo could make 100K in that time, maybe even more. His ruck forward as well, so you can even bring him in as a forward for you to make money. Mm-hmm. He could score 100 this week. He's got West Coast, as I said. Yep. Um, and it could help fund uh, an upgrade to a Steel or a or an Oliver or Dawson or someone. Yeah. And then you can look at Gorn next week with that cash or something like that. So it's definitely a play where I wouldn't be suggesting it if you're down to like 20 trades, which I know a lot of people are, and no boosts. But if you're still sitting with three or four boosts and you've got sort of 25 trades, I think you can afford to make a play like this. All right. I'm going to move on to the forward line. because <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not about that one. I'm, yeah. I know you are, but he's, I'm not. He's not on the bubble yet, so you can also give him one more week. But then the whole point of playing him for those five then weeks you, is done. And then you miss the West Coast score as well. Yeah. So anyway, move on to forward line and it's just fucking giant central. Um, so Stephen Keneally. Yeah, that number, one, that number one forward's looking pretty gianty, isn't he? Mm. Stephen Cornelio, 526k, 104 <laughs> average, 28% owned, 57 break even. Fucking, you need him in. It's it's that simple. You should have really struck him when he was under 500k. I grabbed him last week because I was just like, fuck. I, I was I was looking at like Rory Laird and shit like that last week. I'm like, this the value was just there for Cornelio, and I feel like he's still value, Pato. Yeah, I also grabbed him last week. 28% seems really, really low for what he's been doing. Um, yeah. Sure, his ceiling might be not might not be quite as high as as a Taranto or even as a, like a Jeremy Cameron sort of player, but you know he's going to score about 100 every week. And I, that's kind of good in the forward line, Dano, because you've, you've seen Rosie go low. We've gone, seen Golden last week got a 60-odd. Um I, I just I just feel like this is a really nice, reliable pick. And, um, yeah, I, I, I really like uh, Cornelio. I brought him in last week, as I mentioned, and I think, yeah, people need him in their team. Fun fact, he scores, like, over 130 every second week when he, like, scores tons. So you go the, – the, the week – two weeks that he had that his price dropped off was a 58 and 71, but – you exclude them, and he's gone 143, 107, 102, 136, 108. So he actually does have a pretty decent ceiling. Um, yeah, I, I love the Cogs. I love the Cogs, and I feel like that people should have him. The other one that like you've put on the run sheet, and a fair few people are talking about as a bit of a POD, uh, because a lot of people just are seeing the same old fucking teams. And Supercoach is boring when you're just playing the same fucking blokes and you've got like three players different. Toby Green. 486k, 95 average, 5% owned, 63 break even. He's got 112 three-round average, Pato. And man's getting decent scaling because he likes to win matches off his own fucking boot. And yeah, I could I Yeah, it's just Toby San. It's Toby San. Yeah, so in the last three weeks, um, he's seen an uptick in his CBAs. Now it's not like he's gone from zero to twenty, but he's getting, you know, 
10 or so CBAs in the last few games uh, on average. So I, it's really good, really good because it's an impact player. And we know that um, Kingsley has come from a Richmond background and that role was revolutionized with Dustin Martin. And we see a lot of coaches trying to find their Dustin Martin. So we've seen Jordan Degoe, we've seen Jake Stringer, um, we've seen Toby Green, we've seen Isaac Heaney, um, Goulden sort of know, from that same team. Just guys that will will impact the CBA and then push forward from that. Get your, get your clearances because they are impact players. They're really, really good players. And or they'll get it out to an outside player and they'll push forward and they'll kick goals off that. So um, I think this is a really decent POD sort of option and another one that's under 500,000. So we're finding the value for you. Um, in the three weeks that he has seen an uptick in his midfield numbers, um, he's, he's averaging 112, which is obviously really, really good. Now, it's not like he's played really poor teams as well. Sure, he had 120 against Hawthorne, but uh, he has, he's scored 101 against Brisbane and 114 against Sydney. They're definitely no slouches, those two teams. So, I, I can't see the role changing, Dano. I think like GWS have looked pretty decent over the last couple of weeks since they changed that. Um, and even with Tom Green coming back into the team, he still got those CBAs. And, and obviously Perryman. they came back and won that team, won that game. And Perryman as well. Everyone forgets Perryman. Yeah. Since, since he's come back, look at – and they've put Toby Green in the middle. Look at what they've done for the side. Anyway, move on to question time, Pato. Um, Facebook's where it's at. <laughs> Fucking influx on Facebook and fuck all on Twitter. It's it's done the same thing again. So nah, Twitter Twitter algorithm is pretty fucked. So I, I got that out super late. So I apologize for that. I got home and thought, fuck, I didn't tweet about it. So anyway. It's all good. It's all good. So um Chris says, How many primos are you guys sitting on in your team now and how many trades left? That's a hard one because like a few of mine I deem as mid prices that are scoring like primos, Pato. Um and well, let, do let's I, just say Let's just say he means keepers, so people that you're planning to keep all year. Oh, okay. Um, well, if as if I use my trades this week, both trades, I'll go down to 19 because I went fucking hard. Um, so let's go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. 17 keepers. So for, for myself... Um, I before trades, I have 23 trades remaining with three boosts. Um, and in terms of keepers, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, okay, which um sounds low. Um, I've only counted one of Sheasel or Barass, so I could easily probably count two, but I don't know about Barass. I think. He may have to go at some stage, but that could be bumped up to 15. And I think he's a potential keeper, but I am obviously hoping he's a keeper, but we'll make that decision at the buys and we'll see what he scores. But yeah, obviously a little bit behind, but I'm pretty happy with the trade situation um, and kind of hoping on some pretty key injuries to make a little bit of a rundown. Yeah. And remember at the start of the season, I fucked up by trading out Sean Darcy and a Skittle effect happened. Um, Well, sorry, a, Domino effect happened uh, with my ruck line where I just traded him back in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you would have had the same amount of trades as me with a better team if you had a failed. Actually, no, nah, because I wouldn't have got Jack Zebel and I wouldn't have got someone else as well. So Zebel's under an injury cloud. That's all good. I still have him as a keeper. I got cover on my bench. 
Um, yeah. I've still got a boost as well, Pato. <laughs> I've got three left still. I thought I had none. <laughs> and I looked and it says one boost. So I'm like, fuck yeah. Um, so there you go, Chris. Um, Baden goes, do we think Cameron will be a top six forward worth a trade in? I think we discussed that last week, didn't we? Um, he's he's on track to be a fucking top six forward. I don't I'm think the consistent... Oh, yeah? I'm assuming he means Jeremy and not Darcy. Yeah, we're talking about Jeremy, I reckon. I think he may be a top six forward, but at 580,000, you've missed the boat. Yeah. Um, just forget about him. Um, He'll have a, a bit down game. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's up and down a little bit like a key forward. Um, I, I'm like, yeah, I think watch him sail on. Um, try and find a nice POD. Uh, we'll keep powering through these because we're going to run out of time otherwise. In terms, um, yeah. so the, the second part of his option uh, of his question, uh, Will Day, yeah, yes, yeah. this week. It's Will Day or Zebel to bring in. Day, Day. Yeah, I'd say Day as well. Um, Simon says, Setterfield, time to give the boot. Given the lack of rookies to bring in, I'd rather keep the ones I have, i.e. Baker, Ginby, Ashcroft, Wilmot. I can upgrade him to Walsh or possibly Oliver. I am getting rid of Setterfield this week. He's fucking done, run his course. He's on a downward trend. Um, he's not going to make much more cash. If anything, he's going to lose you money. So trade him now. And between I- Walsh or Oliver, I'd say fucking try and get Oliver if you can, but money, money is key. Um, I'd be looking at Jack Steele if you don't have him personally. So I think I might disagree with you here, Dano. It might sound a little bit crazy, but he's still averaging 90, which is the same as Hopper. Um, he's I had know one he's got a- score above 100, which is a massive 140-odd score. That's why he's averaging in the 90s, Pato. You take that away and he's fucking doing not much. If you look at his run coming into the bye, now keeping in mind he plays the first bye around. So he plays Port Adelaide this week. He plays Brisbane, then he plays Richmond, West Coast, North Melbourne, and Carlton before his bye. When you take into consideration that he plays in round 12, which is really, really important, even at the very least you keep him for that round 12 bye and then you flick him on after he scores 120 against North, the role hasn't changed. So he's still getting – he got 27 CBAs on the weekend, Dono, which was more than merit. Um, somehow Stringer had 32 CBAs, which is really fucking random, and Parrish had 30. Um, but the role is still good. He, he did a bit of tagging work from from what I've read and researched um, on Dangerfield. That's a really bad matchup for a guy that's not a burst player like Dangerfield. So I, I almost think this is a once-off. If he can get back to a 90-odd for the rest of – so if he gets 90-odd for Port Adelaide and Brisbane, that resets the break-even – and then I'm backing him in to get 120-plus against Richmond West Coast and North Melbourne, which gives him a little bit of a price boost out of that uh, break-even reset. Could get him to 450K, and then you turn him into a premium that has already had their buy in round 12. So I'm, whoever I'm that gonna, be. He's had three scores out of seven over 90. Three. Correct. Correct. Only three. Just saying. So a lot uh, of people are trading out Satterfield and leaving who on field, don't they? What do you mean who on field? Like, is it Wilmot? Is it McKenna? Is it Chincotta? Like, oh, Chincotta, I'd be safe leaving on field. A lot of people are decimated in that midfield that they're looking at guys like Davey or Phillips. Like, I, I'm, I'm tossing up between turning Setterfield into Will Powell or just holding Setterfield um, until he's had his bye, until round 12 where he has that really good run of three weeks of Richmond, West Coast, North Melbourne. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I'm I'm all for trading him myself. Um, yeah. Anyway, Liam says, Jack Steele, should I wait one more week on him or pull the trigger on him for Setterfield? I fucking say yes. Pato says no. Moving on. <laughs> Not necessarily. Michael says, Sinclair, Sicily, or Ryan? I know which one Ro- <laughs> fucking Pato is not going to pick. <laughs> Sinclair. <laughs> I, I actually, like, seriously, Lukey Ryan's plays so fucking good. Um, you can't go wrong with either. Uh, Luke says, at Dano, how Ryan, how, I'm, I'm sure I mean that's how is Ryan Angwin's job security? He was surprised his CBAs went to zero just because. Just because Tom Green came back, yet Rouston, who was sub, had five CBAs. That's because Anglin isn't an inside player, um, and they were just testing him out, and he wasn't that great on the inside. He's better running on the outside. That's all he does. He runs all day. Um, So, yeah, not about that um, at all. Um, His job security is pretty shit. And Twitter is uh, King Supercoach. Ah, King, how's it going? Says, Dana, get your Giants crystal ball out and tell me if Angwin stays in, please. No lukewarm sliding doors business. Just a firm yes or no. Thanks, legends. He might stay in, but his scoring will be shit, and I reckon he'll be ditched. I don't think he stays in for long if he does stay in. That's just me. Did we get anything from Scobie? All I got is Barassi's dog shit. There you go. Um, (laughs) That was tweeted at us, I think, during the weekend, Dana, if I'm not wrong um i've got more to say on that when we talk about our next segment yep okay cool so we are not called the super coach co-captains for nothing every week we give you guys vc and c options to set your team apart from the rest we are gonna fucking power through these pato because we have under 10 minutes remaining so friday carl versus brisbane who have you got for a cheeky vc crips crips how is Lockie neil against the Blues. We'll have a quick squeeze. 138, 96, 142. So he's a bit up and down. Yeah, nice. Um, well, yeah, I th- there's probably better options a bit later um, with some VC options as well. So Crips or Neil for me, you agree? Yeah, or Walsh. Walsh isn't a bad one. Oh, either. Yeah. yeah, cool. Saturday, Richmond versus West Coast at the MCG. Now, shout out to King fucking Supercoach, Pato, because uh, he is in the top 1K. He didn't have the greatest round, but he needed a captain option and he tried to scramble for one a bit late and put the C on Taranto, who had a big fucking weekend. So shout out to him. But against the West Coast Eagles at the MCG, who have you got? VC uh, options in this one, most likely. So I'm going to quickly run through some data, Dano. Um, I'm going to read... Opposition defense, uh, so intercept defender scores against Richmond. So last week, Powell had 143. The week before that from against Melbourne, Hibbert had 107 and May had 101. The week before that against Sydney, uh, Blakey had 151. The week before that, Bailey, Dale, 136. Collingwood, um, that is an anomaly. Adelaide, Scholl and Dawson both had 110. In round one against Carlton, they had four guys that all got 108 or more. In Weedering, Saad, Doherty and McGovern. All Just say Barass. Just fucking say Barass. You're eating up time. So You're Tom Barass. Thank you. <laughs> Holy fuck. Okay, so and Tom Barass. I attempted to do it to shout Scobie up. Fucking just do it. Oh, my God. Sorry for talking over you then, Pato, but we've got a time limit. Um, Taranto? Yeah, Taranto as well. Yeah, just run a fucking muck in this one. 
Uh, anyone else? Samson and Ryan. <laughs> oh, fuck. Ivan Soldo. <laughs> if. Please yeah, don't. Yeah. Please don't. No, don't. <laughs> okay. We'll go on to Geelong versus Adelaide at GMHB ABC at EFG Stadium. Um, yeah, Laird or Dawson, as per usual. Uh, don't actually mind Patrick Dangerfield against Adelaide in this one, Pato. Um, yeah, or Stuart, who do does love uh, playing there. Do you reckon that they can stop either one of Tomahawk or Cameron? He scored 174 against them last year in that, at that stadium. Uh, which one? Tom Stewart. Oh, I'm sorry, talking about Tomahawk or Jeremy Cameron. I think they can slow them down. Okay, cool. Moving on, Gold Coast versus Melbourne uh, at, oh, that's fucking Hindmarsh or whatever it is, isn't it? Heritage. Fuck it, Al. Heritage Bank Stadium. Who you got in this one, Pato? Oliver. Oliver. What about a cheeky VC if you've got if you've got the capability of doing it for Noah Anderson? Oh, the guy I said was going to do really well after Tuke Miller went out. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, don't mind it, but I think this might be a pretty big win, and I think that's why I'm erring towards Clayton Oliver, who could go 160. Yeah, okay. Um, Petrarca's tracking well as well. I don't mind him for a cheeky VC. Yeah, he is a bit of a flat track bull. He intends to score, uh, kick goals against these these sort of teams. So, yeah, don't yeah. mind it. Yeah. Uh, GWS versus Western Bulldogs at, I'm thinking that's Monica, which the Bulldogs, I'm pretty sure, actually like playing on from memory. You got yeah, this one. Tim English um, is probably going to have a pretty large game against Matty yep. Flynn. Yep. Um, Pally is the other pretty obvious one. Yep. Um, got any left field ones? Maybe a Josh no. Kelly? No. They won't tag him. Yeah, but the, the dogs are just going to have the ball the whole time. Not necessarily, my man. Not necessarily. Our Giants yeah. are liking the possession game at the moment. Bond or English? Yeah, okay. Frio versus Hawthorne at Optus Stadium. Uh, Pato won't go Luke Ryan. Um, <laughs> who you like? I was actually going to say Luke Ryan. Oh, fuck. Sean Darcy, surely. Yeah, he's the one I really like in this one. Got to absolutely go beast mode in this, I reckon. Especially if they bring Lloyd Meek back in. Um because he knows how to fucking ruck against that motherfucker. Uh, that's oh, yeah, there's true. Not, there's not really many that I like in this game besides Luke Ryan and Sean Darcy. No. So I'll move on to Sunday's games. Port Adelaide versus Essendon, Paddo. Um, Harish, fucking... Sam yeah. Draper. Really? Oh, shit. Yeah. Tr- oh, true. True. <laughs> As a captain, though, wouldn't have the balls. No, no, no. no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... Harish is probably the only safe captain option, but he's not screaming massive scores at the moment, but he could. You it, never know. It'll yeah. depend who they tag, and I think they've tagged Parrish previously. Yeah, okay. Um, anyone else? No. no. Okay, Collingwood versus Sydney at the MCG. Disco Dacos to bounce back? No, I think they'll put a bit of attention into him. I don't mind Mills. Mills might have a, a large game. I really fucking hope Jordan Degoe does as well, the flog. <laughs> I don't um, really like too many in this game, to be honest. Nah, neither. Yeah, and the last game of the season, oh, not the season, fucking around. <laughs> Fuck Jesus. Not. Jesus, North Melbourne versus St Kilda at Marvel Stadium. Now, I just want to check. Um, so I'm I'm going to steal, but I just want to check Rowan Marshall's record against North because I feel like he's a... Oh, no, he doesn't have the greatest record against them. Well, they've had... Dean has been a pretty good ruck over the years, so makes sense. Yeah. 
They've said they've had Goldie. Um, Mason Wood against his old team. No, nah. no. Nah. I feel like Jack Steele's probably the only one. It's look to be honest, there's not that great. Sin- like- Sinclair will probably go big as well. I think Sheasel. No. 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 This will be a pretty one-sided game. Yeah. Okay. Pato, what's your Twitter handle for everyone listening? At P-A-T-T-O-S-Triple-C. Um, just hopefully Scoby does reach out when Tom Barras scores 130 against Richmond. <laughs> yep. Mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. And find us on Facebook. We are the Supercoach Co-Captains. Uh, anything further you want to add, Pato, while we've got an extra minute and a half? Um, No. No. Nothing at all. No players really. to keep an eye on. Yeah, Tom Barras. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fucking Tom Barras. When's Alex Witherden actually going to fucking live up to his pig potential? Uh, don't know. When Shannon Hearn retires. Probably. Probably. Anyway, from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing. The fuck off. Whoop, whoop.